Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the post-game podcast from Wolves Celtics. And man, what are we going to talk about on the show today? We might talk a little officiating. I, I hate talking officiating, but today I'm I'm ready to talk officiating. I think we have to we'll talk about Anthony Edwards' fantastic game as well. He was really, really good until he was ejected at the end of the game. Uh, Timberwolves also played well defensively, especially on Jason Tatum. We'll break it all down here on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On. all caps, in the game. Happy Thursday, everybody. It's a not-so-happy Thursday in Timberwolves land after a loss to the Celtics on Wednesday night. This is the post-game podcast. We're going to break it down. We'll talk offense. We'll talk defense. We'll talk officiating. It's all upcoming on the show. A big thank you here off the top, though, for making this show, Lockdown Wolves, your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, the cliff notes for this one. If someone asked me to summarize this game in in very short order, I'm not going to put a time limit on myself, but I'd summarize this game as a strong Timberwolves performance, some bad shooting early, some really bad shooting by both teams, but a lot of missed open shots for the Wolves. Overall, strong defense, fouling a little too much, but generally playing strong defense. A really good Anthony Edwards game. He got very little help from the rest of his team besides maybe Kyle Anderson and then a strong kind of like third, early fourth quarter from Nas Reed. But this was the type of game where you say, man, it'd be nice if Ant had some help. It'd be nice if Carl Anthony Towns was on the floor. It'd be nice if they had another player that could that could score uh, with with some consistency and frequency. And then the close of the game was marred by, well, frankly, most of the game, but the close was marred by officiating. And if you're a regular listener, listener to this podcast, you know this is maybe the second or third time I've even mentioned officiating as like a key takeaway from a game, probably second time all season. Uh and I always have to give the disclaimer, I hate talking about officiating in this podcast. I hate it. I get that it's a part of fandom. Fans love to complain about officiating. I understand that. I get it. I Whatever. I don't like talking about it because there's almost always many, there, there really are always many reasons why a team loses a game. And officiating is very rarely one of the top two, three, four, five items. In this game, it absolutely was. And the my job on this show is to talk about, I call it like I see it. Um, I'm not not hot takey here. Like that's not, that's not the thing that I, that I'm trying to do on lockdown wolves. But if one of the key takeaways and one of the key factors of this game is officiating, I'm going to talk about officiating. So that's today. Uh, that that's, I have to open there. And I want to talk Anthony Edwards. We're going to talk to rules defense. We're going to talk Kyle Anderson. Um, but we have to talk officiating and I'm not going to go through every single missed call. I'm going to talk about the things that, that blew my mind the most in this game. And actually, I don't want to start with the, well, I guess we have to start with the jump ball. Real quick on the jump ball at the end. With, what was it, 3.7 seconds left, uh, Al Horford Al Horford moves on the jump ball, should have been called for the violation. The, the more egregious one is Grant Williams literally stealing the tap, uh, which is, Marnie Gellner and I talked about this on the postcast. 
like how often do we see a jump ball blown dead before it even happens or after it happens because somebody's stolen the tip or because somebody moves their position? Both things happened here at the most critical possible moments in the game and the play wasn't blown dead. It's the absolute, I think laziness is probably the best way to describe it or like, you know, like why not? Like why not just get it right? I thought that's the whole thing with officials, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing here? Why are we blowing dead, you know, in a, in a, one bucket game in the first quarter on a jump ball. If we, somebody moves a little or somebody's a little bit where they shouldn't be, but like the most possible, crucial, critical jump ball that you could possibly have, we're just going to let him steal the tap. We're going to let somebody move after they're set uh, on the jump. It makes no sense. Uh, and that of course came after Joe Missoula literally being in Chris Finch's coaching coaches box on the other side of the court. Uh, and I also have to just point out a lie when I see a lie the, the pool reporter after the game, I believe it was Joe Joe Forte, excuse me, the official talking to the pool reporter after the game, I think the official is Joe Forte, said uh, that the it, during live play, live action, the officials were watching the play and did not see the official or did not see Joe Missoula, the Celtics head coach, cross center court, which of course isn't true because if you watch it back, they're literally talking to him immediately after the whistle's blown, after they call the jump ball, and he's on the other side of the court. He didn't magically teleport 20 feet to the other side of to the other side of the other three-point line. So he either teleported or he was there prior to the end of the play. So it absolutely should have been a technical. Um, those are egregious. The one that, for whatever reason, bothered me the most, and I mentioned this to Marty on the postcast too, was that the two the first two technicals called against the Wolves, one against Rudy Gobert and then one against Kyle Anderson, were only called after the Celtics asked for the technical to be called. Rudy Gobert dunked the ball, and, and I will disagree with some of Wolves' Twitter thinking Gobert shouldn't have gotten a technical. I know why he was called for a technical. He did kick his feet out. I forget who it even was. It might have been Tatum. He did kick his feet out after the dunk unnecessarily. He, he should have been called for a technical foul. That's not what I'm upset about. I'm upset that it wasn't called, not by the official closest to the play, uh, and not immediately by the official on the other end of the floor, whoever actually called it. It was called after the Celtics protested and their coach came on the floor then too to protest after the Celtics delayed the game by refusing to inbound the ball until they called a technical. And then the official furthest from the play calls the technical foul on Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the call was right. The process is all wrong. Process is all wrong. And the next one, which was after, I think it was Nas went down on the floor with uh, for a loose ball with Marcus Smart. He kind of, I think his hand got caught under Smart's jaw or something weird where Smart kind of got hit in the face. And then he's calling for a technical. And then Kyle Anderson gets called for a technical after Smart's complaining, after the play's over. And Anderson was still complaining about a missed out-of-bounds play, you know, a minute before that. But it was after the complaining from the Celtics, after them asking for the technical foul, that's when the technical foul gets called. Not when Joel Missoula is on the, you know, opposite three quarters of the court. Not when um, it, that that wasn't that wasn't a technical. Um, so I think it's I think it's the and I'm not at all like again I want to be very clear I'm not a like hey you know maybe I hate the small markets like I'm not that's not what I'm saying I, I don't I don't think market size has anything to do with it and I, I should have maybe led with that I want to be very clear this is just a badly officiated game I don't think anybody's out to get the wolves because of their market size I think that is also a crazy argument but I do think. This and I've talked about this on the show before. This is a vicious, vicious cycle that the Timberwolves have are partly to blame for, and the officials are also to blame for creating and perpetuating. Right? 
the Wolves have gotten the short end of the stick a lot this year. And again, I don't think it's because of the market size. I think it's just bad luck. You know, not enough veteran players, I guess, that are stars. Whatever it is, they've gotten a bad whistle. Ant has never gotten a good whistle. Carl Anthony Towns has never gotten a good whistle. And they respond predictably by complaining and over complaining and at times whining excessively. And the Wolves don't do themselves favors by complaining on calls that aren't fouls. Like how often it's at least once or twice a game when Ant gets the ball stripped from him cleanly, he complains for a foul call after the whistle and you see the replay and it's not a foul. And that doesn't help his case. But then the officials react wrongly on their side by continuing to miss these calls and then calling these, these really weak technical fouls against the Timberwolves. Um, And it's a vicious cycle. And now the Timberwolves are, Number one in technical fouls. They have been for a while. They're number one in flagrant fouls. They're number one in ejections in the entire NBA. And nobody, like if you didn't watch the Wolves on a nightly basis, I don't think anybody else knows that. It's not like the Wolves had this reputation like the Blazers of the late 90s, early 2000s, or like the Nuggets of 15 years ago, or whatever teams there were that had all those technical fouls and flagrant fouls. And, and you know, it's it's not like they're the bad boys Pistons, right? Nobody thinks that about the Wolves. Wolves fans know that the Wolves get called for a ton of technicals because Wolves fans watch the Wolves every night. But it's it's an officials versus Timberwolves thing, and nobody seems to notice because the Wolves aren't on national TV a lot and because they don't go about it in an egregious way. They don't have guys who are known for that necessarily. But yet it happens because of this vicious cycle that the Wolves and the officials are both guilty of. Um, and in this game, I said this to Marty on the postcast as well, it's a bad spot to be headed to a tough three-game road trip, six of seven on the road. Um, like now, how do you how do you use this energy? Do you pull out of this? Are you able to like to to get your head back on straight and put this behind you? Like this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. And and and, and how do the wolves respond to the officiating debacle? Because because it was that. And again, I don't want to go blow by blow. There's I could spend the entire show and then some complaining about the officiating. I'm not going to do that. I want to talk about basketball. I want to talk about Anthony Edwards. I want to talk about what the Wolves did well in this game. Uh, but I think this all had to be said. I think we have to start here because this is what everyone's talking about. This is what mo- the most clearly impacted the game down the stretch. Last two minutes will be out on uh, uh, on Thursday. Sure, great. We'll read that. We'll see that the NBA admits that they screwed up a bunch of stuff. Uh, but I mean, hey, at some point, that's, that's got to not happen to the Wolves. It's just it's just very frustrating. All right. I don't want to talk about Ant. I do want to talk about the defense. I want to talk about rebounding. I want to talk about shooting or lack thereof, lack of successful shooting for both teams, really. I want to do all that next. We'll do individual studs and duds as well as we always do on the postgame podcast. So all that is coming up. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, and that is the mobile game, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. There's a lockdown NBA host league going on right now, and it is um, it's really lit up the DMs, the the group DM for lockdown NBA hosts. So uh, definitely. Definitely get into this with your friends. Start a league with your friends. Lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com 
Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the, the code in the lower corner of the screen. Just scan that or again, look it up in the app stores, probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, uh, let's talk everything else that happened in this game. The Wolves were right in this game at the end, obviously. They were down double figures for a decent chunk of the second half. But early in this game, neither team could get going offensively. And this was actually the Wolves' overall biggest problem in this game. I mean, Ant was really good. 28, 10, and 7, 10 of 20 from the floor, 5 of 8 at the beyond the arc, only got to the line five times despite shooting 12 two-pointers. And he didn't shoot a ton of mid-range jumpers. So I'll say he should have gotten the line a little bit more often. Uh, back to the, you know, back to the first segment. Um but the problem was that Ant didn't get any help. And Nas had a really great third quarter, early fourth. Kyle Anderson was good. Um, he also missed a few bunnies in the middle of the lane, though, as well. But the three-point shooting was miserable. And, and the Celtics actually shot it worse than the Wolves. They shot 30% from three. The Wolves were 12 of 20, excuse me, 12 of 36. That's 33.3%. The bench for the Wolves combined to shoot three of 14 outside the arc. Jaden McDaniels was two of seven. Uh, Mike Conley was two of six. Actually, I don't know. We could do this with, we could just take out Ant's numbers and it would, it would paint a pretty good story. I mean, what is that? Seven of, seven of uh, 28. The rest of the team was seven of 28, 25% from three if you take out Ant's numbers. Uh, so pretty, pretty bad. And, and the Celtics were, were coming, came out of the gate playing really well defensively. I thought they were very active. Uh, certainly playing harder than they did against the Houston Rockets the other night when they lost in Houston. Uh, but the, the Celtics were active, playing hard defensively. That said, though, it was because they were executing their game plan defensively. They were pressuring the ball. They were trying to get the ball to Anthony Edwards' hands, trying to send bodies at him and leave other guys open. And that plan worked to a T early in this game. The Wolves were getting open looks. In fact, I thought the Wolves had more open three-point attempts than the Celtics did early in this game. The Wolves actually were pretty good defensively themselves, and that led to a tie game, 23-23. It was like we're watching a game from 1998 at the end of the first quarter. If you just looked at the score... Um, but again, it was Wolves missing open shots, Wolves playing good defense, Celtics not getting much going themselves, um, and it wasn't a turnover fest. I mean, the teams combined in this game for only 22 turnovers. It was, again, a function of solid defense and bad shooting from the perimeter. The second quarter, there was even less scoring, and, and the problems persisted for the Wolves. Uh, the Wolves bench had, I think, two points at halftime. They started like 0 of 7 or 0 of 8 from the floor, and Akil Alexander-Walker missed all five of his three-point attempts, a couple of them really badly. Um I thought he played well defensively. I don't think this was a terrible game overall for him by any means. He just wasn't making shots. And the Celtics, I mean, they didn't get a ton from their bench either. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon had some good minutes in there, but uh, this was more just bad shooting and good defense. And that means it was a one-point Boston game, one-point Boston lead at halftime. And then in the second half, it was kind of more the same. You had those really good Nas minutes. You had some nice stretches of lobs to Rudy Gobert where the Wolves just kind of got things going. Uh, there was a little bit of that in the third quarter. Uh, and then again, good Nas minutes. Kyle Anderson had a couple really good stretches. I think second quarter and third quarter were probably when he played his best. Um, and just kind of those push shots in the lane, picking apart the Celtics a little bit. And then the other thing that impressed me for the, well, that didn't, the shooting did not impress me for the Wolves. Something that did impress me for the Wolves, defensively, them holding Boston to under 41% shooting and 30% from three. Yes, Boston shot it poorly, but I thought Minnesota executed their game plan pretty well. They weren't switching like they often have been lately. They did a ton of that the other night, uh, the Brooklyn game, and then uh, Monday's game as well. They did, they did more switching. 
But in this game, it was more just stick with your guy, trail him around a screen, contest a shot. And they forced Jason Tatum into 0 of 8 from outside the arc and 4 of 16 overall. He did get to the line 16 times. Um, again, see first segment related to officiating. Uh, but Jalen Brown had a really good game. He had 35 on 24 shots, made five threes. So that was a bit of a different story there. But nobody else hurt them. I mean, Smart was 0 of 5 outside the arc, 4 of 12 shooting. Uh, off the bench, Grant Williams was one of five. Malcolm Brogdon was fine. He was four of nine. But this was really Jalen Brown and nobody else. It was it was basically Jalen Brown versus Anthony Edwards, and everyone else was just along for the ride in this game. Uh, that's that's kind of what it turned into. Uh, and not that they were guarding each other consistently because the Celtics were switching quite a bit. Uh, the Wolves, try, again, tried not to. But then the Wolves mixed in some zone in the second half, and it actually worked really well. Uh, I, I mean, the Celtics are generally a, a much better three-point shooting team than they showed in this game. Um, and, and I talked about that in the game preview as a concern of mine is, is trying to run the Celtics off the three point line, but the Wolves zone defense, because Boston was struggling so much from the field in this game, really kind of muddled things for them and caused a couple of turnovers. Boston only turned it over nine times overall, but a couple turnovers in there that the Wolves were able to force. Um, Jordan McLaughlin played really well defensively in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Uh, so I was impressed with the defensive adjustments the Wolves made. The overall game plan, I thought Chris Finch did a good job adjusting down uh, You know, uh, later in the game, uh, in the second half especially. But this was a double-digit Celtics lead early in the fourth quarter, and, and the Wolves could have gone away. But in addition to the defense, something that impressed me in general for the Wolves was their rebounding. They're actually a plus two on the glass in this game overall. And Boston's one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league, uh, and and the Wolves matched them. They were, well, again, plus two in terms of overall rebounding for the Wolves in this game. And they had the same number of offensive rebounds, eight apiece in this game against Boston. The Wolves were also a plus six with points in the paint. It wasn't the 82 they scored on Monday, but they scored 46 in the paint compared to the Celtics 40. Uh, and, and, you know, you should, Rudy Gobert should do well in the paint in a game where, you know, Al, Al Horford is the only, I mean, I guess Grant Williams are the only true bigs on the other team playing. Um, but, it's still to win points in the paint, to win rebounds, to only turn it over 13 times. Like all those things are really good, but then it's all the things we already talked about, right? It's the missing the open shots is the biggest thing. Nobody helping ant besides a couple of stretches from Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed. And then also poor free throw shooting. Another thing we talked about, my two concerns talked about on the show Wednesday were defensive rebounding and making free throws. The wolves came to the party in terms of defensive, defensive rebounding in this one. They did not shoot free throws well again. Yet another game. What is this, 10 or 11 or 12 in a row now where they've shot under 75%, 75% or under from the free throw line? They were 16 of 22 in this game. Gobert missed four, although he hit two big ones late. Edwards was three of five. Um, that's actually where all their misses came from. Uh, Nas, by the way, shout out to Nas, was six of six off the bench, which is uh, nice to see somebody make all their free throws uh, at some volume for the Wolves. But anyway, um, free throw shooting, another another game. Another It's, it's another an issue in yet another game for the Wolves. Okay, I want to close by doing individual studs and duds. Um, I mean, my my. I guess if I was to sum this game up uh, after kind of talking through all of it, officiating was egregious. Uh, the Timberwolves, Ant, somebody's got to step up and help Ant. There needs to be some consistency there. Um, we'll talk more about Ant and individual studs and duds because I do want to talk more about his performance because it was really, really good. And I don't want that to get lost by the, the dumb ejection late and, and the whole thing. Um and then also, uh, uh, you know, make open shots. I don't know. Make open shots, make free throws, and you win this game by a couple of possessions at least, frankly. All right. Let's close with individual studs and duds and a bit of Anthony Edwards stock. So we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a 
favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. Uh, there's plenty of my favorites. I love brownie batter. I love anything, the cookie dough chunk. Uh, that's what I would be vote, That's what I would be voting for in the bracket. Um, so I don't know, head over and, and, uh, support your team, support your bar or your puff. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built, which sounds amazing. I wish I could win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built built is the best protein bar ever, ever. Seriously. They're so amazing, you won't think that they're good for you. But they are. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Today's episode of Locked Owls is also brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. The Wolves are in Chicago to take on Pat Bev, Zach Levine, uh, and the Chicago Bulls. In Chi-Town Friday night, 7 p.m. tip. So go check out that line and player props as well. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's close here today with individual studs and duds. Uh, this one's easy. The best player on the floor for the Wolves in this game was Anthony Edwards, and he he was fantastic. 28 points on 10 of 20 shooting, 5 of 8 outside the arc, 3 of 5 at the line. He had a 10 rebounds, 7 assists in this game. No steals or blocks, no stocks for Ant to this one, only 3 turnovers. He was a team-best plus 5 in a game the Wolves lost by 2. Uh, and by the way, this was a closely contested game. Nobody on the Wolves had a worse plus-minus than minus 8. Nobody was better than plus 5. So everything was kind of close together in this one. I thought Ant played really well. And Marty and I have talked on the postcast the last couple of games about all the ISO that they've been running with Ant, and there has been a lot of it. But I feel like, you know, the Brooklyn game last Friday, that wasn't a good Ant game. He scored a lot. He had 32 points, whatever. The ISO was too much. I thought Monday was a little better, and tonight was even better than Monday um, in terms of decision-making, picking his spots. Uh, you know, there were a couple of instances where he started to drive, realized it wasn't there, got cut off, kicked it back out, had a couple of really nice passes in this game. Um, had that really great and one where he was kind of like middle of the floor, like at the nail against Marcus Smart, who's a fantastic defender. And Ant goes, turn around, gets the and one, banks it off the glass from straight on. Just a couple of those really tough shots, dagger threes, step back threes. He's doing more and more of that here lately. Just the, the full repertoire was on display here. And he played defense too. And he's been doing that, right? It, mostly all year, other than really early in the season when who knows if it was conditioning or what he kind of said it was. But, like, well-rounded. Ant was doing it all in this game. I have no qualms with how Ant played, other than, according to the pool report, uh, after the game, Ant apparently questioned the integrity of the officiating, which is why he was ejected on just one technical. And I'll tell you, watching on TV, it doesn't look like he said much. So he must have said, he must have said something. Um, it, so, obviously, you can't do that. But 
you know, that notwithstanding, and by the way, he's got to be careful. It's a good thing he only got the one T and not two, because if he gets, I think, two or three, I think it's, I think he might be at 14 now. So if he gets two more, he gets suspended a game, which that doesn't matter if you're regular season play in playoffs, you get suspended a game. So he's got to be extra careful. Um, but at any rate, 28, 10, and seven on efficient 50% shooting, five of eight from three would be great if he got to the line more. That wasn't entirely his fault. Uh, again, C segment one, but. Really good ant game. I was very, very pleased with how he played in this one. Kyle Anderson gets another one. Also fantastic. 15, 8 assists and 7 rebounds. 7 of 14 shooting. Misses only 3-point attempt. 1 of 1 at the line. That was that nice and 1 off an offensive rebound. So both Ant and Kyle Anderson shoot 50% from the field. And um, they they were the top assist leaders for the Wolves. 8 and 7. Nobody else on the Wolves had more than 4 assists. So that was Jordan McLaughlin off the bench. So Kyle Anderson and Anthony Edwards continue to be the two that are holding it down for Minnesota. He also, I should say, Kyle Anderson had the Wolves only two blocks in this game too. Had a number of those kind of short push shots. He missed a few. He made a few. That was actually where the vast majority of his 14 shot attempts came from were were those little, you know, mid-range push shots. There were a couple of bad, you know, one really bad turnover where Anderson got caught under the basket after a good pass from Ant. Couldn't score. He threw it away and the Celtics got a fast break the other direction. Um, like the technical after the Nas Marcus Smart thing was silly. There were some moments that weren't great for slow-mo, but, but like without him, this isn't a close game. I mean, it was him and it was Ant like that. That's who played best for Minnesota in this one. Nas Reed also gets a study, gets the third stud and only 19 minutes off the bench, 15 and six plus an assist four of nine shooting made his only three point attempt. Perfect six of six from the line. And frankly, it's the six of six from the line that does it for like, I don't know. He could have done nothing else and I would have given, I'm just kidding. But like nobody else can make free throws consistently for the Wolves right now. Uh, It's one of the areas they really miss Carl Anthony Towns for is just, first of all, getting to the line. Second of all, making them when you get there. Um, And uh, Nas had the three turnovers. Fine. But without his stretch late third, early fourth with Rudy on the bench, I mean, the Wolves don't aren't close in this game. Like that's another like Nas Reed played really, really well during that stretch to the point where the Celtics announcers were talking like, Hey, why are they putting Rudy Gobert back on the floor? Um, I mean, Nas had 15 and six in 19 minutes. Guess what? Rudy Gobert had 15 and six in 29 minutes. They had the exact same, uh, point rebound numbers in this game. Uh, which is which is fascinating, really. Obviously, Rudy had an impact defensively. I thought, you know, he did the thing that Rudy does, where it doesn't all show up in the box score. I thought actually Gobert played pretty well in this game. I should mention also the lobs were back on point for the Wolves as they were Monday um, against Atlanta. The Wolves seemed very comfortable throwing lobs lobs to Rudy. It, it was good to see that. Um, I feel like we're reaching a point now where maybe Mike Conley has kind of helped get guys to understand like, Hey, this is a really beneficial thing we can do. And had a couple nice one. McDaniels had one. Um, that could be a really, I, I don't know. We're in game, whatever this is 70 in the season. And, and we're now discovering this, I guess the wolves are, but um, still I, that was a big part of what the wolves did middle stages of this game. Um, so that was good to see duds. I'm going to have to go with Mike Conley, just a really quiet Conley game, seven five and two, only two assists, one turnover in this game, shot two of seven. And one of those makes was the buzzer beater when they were down five. So he was one of six and one of five outside the arc before that with only four points and five rebounds and two assists before that buzzer beating three. So not a good Conley game. And like I said, a minute ago, Anderson and Edwards are the ones stirring the offense. They're the collective 
I don't know, the double straw that's stirring the drink. I don't know, whatever. Those are the two guys initiating offense for the Wolves. They need a little more out of Mike Conley. Uh, and he's had his moments here in a Wolves uniform. And he's played well in general, but they need just a little bit more out of him. He can't just have seven and five or come into the final seconds of the game with four and five uh, when you play 30 minutes. All right, that's all we have for you today. Uh, we'll, of course, be back Friday. I'll preview Wolves-Bulls. We haven't seen the Bulls uh, in a very long time. So we'll talk Minnesota-Chicago, among other things, on Friday. Oh, we'll probably talk last two-minute report because at this point, like, I'm... I'm committed to, to, to seeing this one through in terms of the officiating in this game. So we'll do that too. It's all upcoming on Friday's show. A big thank you to those of you that do make Locked Dead Wolves your first listen each and every day. Um, of course, you can find this show. It's free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on Locked On Sports Minnesota. That's a Roku app and an Amazon Fire TV app. You can follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now, make your second listen to Game to Game NBA podcast every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from access, uh, excuse me, from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.